On today's very special edition of Senior Quotes, we have a whole lot of football as well as a very exclusive interview with Boston College's own Mike Lupica. Let's get into it. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Senior Quotes Podcast. We are live on WZBC Sports, and we're back for yet another episode. Um, I'm your host, Aiden Broderick, joined by Jack Coleman. Jack, how's it going today? It is going great because it's my birthday, so big birthday episode. I want to be the one that, you know, said it, so it didn't look like you were shouting out your own birthday. I'm shouting out my own birthday. Shout out my birthday. (laughs) Um, Birthday, big fan of you, and I'm ready to get going on Senior Quotes today. Are you feeling some birthday luck? You think you're going to win today? I'm feeling it. it. It could be very close today. I don't know. I got. I have strictly football quotes today. Right, and then I have two NBA and one MLB, so uh, we're, we're mixing it up. Uh, it's it's um, it's going to be a good one. I'm really excited about today. Uh, an interesting spot in sports uh, this, I don't know, this time right now where we've just gotten past the Super Bowl. It's uh, week two of no football. But not really, as we're going to get into today, because the AAF, uh, that new league, started this weekend. Uh, all our friends are picking teams and staying loyal from the get-go, um, and I'm really excited about that. Uh, there, For one weekend of a league that really had pretty much no hype, I just remember reading like one article about it, and I set a reminder on my phone, watch this league, see how it goes. It was pretty fun to watch. I mean, we both definitely enjoyed... Uh, what was it? The fleet and the commanders playing, and yeah, we both. I mean, picked. that night had more viewing than the NBA. Yeah, so. that was a huge stat. AAF new league. Watch yeah. out. Yeah, so uh, we'll we'll get more into that later. I was about to reveal the team that we picked and that senior quote supports, but we'll save that for a bit. Um, as for right now, do you want to start with your first quote? Yeah, I'll get going into it. Um, all right. So, like I said, all football quotes. So here we go. I am committed to following the necessary steps to learn and to be a better and healthier person from this situation. I also understand the expectations that the blank have clearly laid out and that I have to earn my way back to the NFL. Who said it and fill in that blank? It is a team. Okay, so I hadn't seen this one yet, but I have a guess that I feel pretty strongly about after hearing that one. I'm going to go with Kareem Hunt and the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, that is correct. So if you guys have not heard... Uh, a while ago, Kareem Hunt had some issues with a video that surfaced of him basically assaulting some woman. Um, kick, you know, the, there was motions of him trying to kick her. Bad stuff. I, I, first and foremost, we want to say that we do not condone any of this. Um, it's just current stuff going on in sports. And actually, in terms of condoning it, that's why I brought it up. Because the Cleveland Browns have picked up Kareem Hunt and he is back playing again. So, first of all, I want to say that this move makes sense. I mean, I had heard some rumblings that the Chicago Bears were looking into him, not just from Dan, but (laughs) that's our roommate who's a Bears fan, but from other sources that they were looking into it. And John Dorsey, who actually drafted him for the Chiefs, got him again because he is now the GM of the Browns. So, not a, you know, complete surprise of a move, but I guess when they heard that other teams were willing to look into him, they want to snatch him up. Yeah, I mean, he's 
Uh, speaking to uh, John Dorsey here, clearly had faith in him the first time around when he found a guy from a smaller school. He went to the University of Toledo, and he trusted he would be a good pick even in the third round, which is pretty risky for a guy from a mid-major school like that. And he paid off, even if Dorsey had already left the Browns by the time that Hunt was really establishing himself as a superstar. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Moved to the Browns, excuse me. Um, But even still, I think John Dorsey's just showing that he has trust in him again. I mean, clearly he believed him in the first time when he picked him uh, so early. And now with such a tougher situation, but at the same time, Hunt just makes the Browns running backs that much better. They already had Nick Chubb, um, who, who looked really good at the end of the season as their feature back. But if you factor in him with Kareem Hunt, that's going to be a deadly duo with a speed and power combo. That I would really be worried about. And I mean, I'm, they still have Duke Johnson on the roster yeah, right now, so yeah. that is that might be the best trio running back in. I'd say so of running backs in the NFL because you have a scat back, a power back, and now a receiving back as well. Well, Duke Johnson being the receiving yeah. back. Yeah, I mean, if they keep all of them, I, I they'll definitely keep Chubb. They'll definitely keep Chubb, Kareem Hunt. Well, well, that's the thing. So basically, they're still <laughs> ongoing with the discipline process. Right. Good point. Um, it was weird, but they asked Dorsey about like a zero tolerance policy and he made some weird quote where he was like uh sure i'm gonna say yeah sure like we'll have a zero tolerance on him which is like yeah he should be on a zero tolerance <laughs> totally. but this is the nfl and these guys you know unless you're ray rice happen to make it back every time after these incidents which is kind of sad and to comment on that like it's just we need to look at the state of sports and the nfl we we've done this before with other things but how can in all of culture and society at this point you know we have like the me too movements and other things going on where you know people are speaking up against this but it stays constant in sports that these guys are just getting a pat on the back and are, are okay so i want to open that up like what do you think about well, sports and football in particular yeah. because it happens a lot in football i was gonna say i wouldn't say every sport is that way but definitely in football you see the ownership kind of being a little bit more lenient with these players who they really care about the product on the field first and who's winning the most uh, as compared to what's going on off the field. They kind of brush that under the rug a bit. Um, And then the one issue that owners do have is when you're standing up for Black Lives Matter and stuff like that, as we've seen with Colin Kaepernick. So it's a little bit of a strange dynamic between the owners and the players. Um, This is something, like, I believe in second chances, but at the same time, it's happened so many times where these running backs in particular, but just players in the NFL get a domestic violence incident, stay out of the league for a little I mean, bit. Quarterbacks too. Look at like Big Ben. And guys sure. Like that. Good point. James Winston even. I guess I'm thinking first to Ray Rice, who was the only one who really didn't get a second chance. Yeah, um, I mean Adrian Peterson did. And, right. Good point. And Adrian Peterson even like a little while ago like admitted to still beating his son. Yeah. And he is still playing. I I actually had a belief that the Redskins because they've done it so frequently with some of these guys, we're willing to maybe try and get Kareem Hunt, too. That would have made sense, As, yeah. like, a, a pairing with Adrian Peterson, as, and especially as Adrian Peterson is getting older. But The Redskins have been the team of second chances. They re-signed, or they signed Reuben Foster, who had been cut by the Niners, who, again, had a domestic violence incident. So it's good to be that team that cuts the player, and there are a lot of teams that stay away from these guys with these incidents. But then it also seems, like you said, that the same few teams are the ones checking in and giving a second chance. And, I mean, I just thought of this, but the Browns, like, cut Josh Gordon and got rid of him for, smoke, like, smoking. Like, he yeah. marijuana possession and everything. So, 
or testing positive for marijuana. And I don't understand how that gets cut, but at the same time, you're bringing someone on that, you know, a, a tried to assault a woman. And, you know, <clears throat> going forward, like, I, I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's wild to me that a guy like him can still be in this league and not like Colin Kaepernick, who really didn't do anything wrong in terms of, you know, physical assault or anything like that. Nothing, nothing morally wrong either. He's standing up for himself yeah. and what he believes in. I, it's frustrating. I'm not the biggest Kaepernick fan as a player, but for what he stands for and what he believes in, th- that cannot be used as a reason for him to be blackballed by the league. Literally, mm. it's um, it's frustrating for someone who really doesn't even you know can't really relate to what he's even going through. But I can still say that this is just frustrating to watch and to see happen to him. And I, it's actually sad to say, yeah. but the when I first saw the video evidence. My first initial thought was that Kareem Hunt will be back playing. Yeah. Because there, if you compare the two videos of Ray Rice, which is just terrible, and this one, this one, it's like there's a lot of wiggle room. Like, there's nothing definite in the video. Yes, he looks crazed, but he's being held back at a point, and nothing was directly his fault in the video. Um, it was all just, like, either people being thrown into each other and... I don't know. I just immediately thought, like, yep, there's just not enough there, and some team, the Browns, are going to be willing to, you know, suck it up and try and get a player like this. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like there's not too much more to say about it other than well, it's a concern that the league should really look at and try to change, which we're not going to see a change for a while, in my opinion, because it's these same owners who are dominating this decision, and even the NFLPA doesn't have enough power to change yeah. that. and... I mean, I just want to, after we've gotten over all of this, like really look at what the move means for the Browns because, I mean, it's still sports. It's still going to affect the game in some way. So, I mean, Baker Mayfield on these screen passes is going to be ridiculous. And it's going to oh, be yeah. really – like I think Baker Mayfield is going to have an even better year this year because of the addition with Kareem Hunt. I, I think that always happens where if, you're, if your running game is being bolstered, it's going to help the passing game as a result. And Baker Mayfield becoming a sophomore player who's already got a year of starting under his belt, which we weren't even sure whether that would be true or not when they had Terod Taylor uh, lined up as starter to begin last year. I, if you're a Browns fan, you got to be very excited, not just about signing a player of Kareem Hunt's caliber, but just about the team as a whole that's going into the next season. Um, I don't think it's a hot take to say that they might be favorites to win the AFC North. Yeah, I, easily. I definitely think they can be. And I mean, I didn't bring this up, or I actually don't have a quote about this, but the Le'Veon, or excuse me, Antonio Brown. Oh, yeah, I wasn't going sure on. if you'd have a quote yeah, or not. I, didn't, I actually don't have an Antonio Brown quote, but Antonio Brown is moving on from the Steelers, and speaking of the Browns, it could be a potential landing spot for him. And you put, him, put a receiving core of wow. Antonio Brown, Jarvis Landry with Baker, and now this running back trio. I mean, that's, forget a playoff team. They're, that's a, that's a contender. Caliber. That's a very yeah. strong contender. And they've had their defense growing and line growing for years. So I don't know. This may be the big swing for the Browns right now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I, I, I can't add much more to that. I mean, I totally agree. And I'm a fan of the Browns. I mean, you want to see a team like this who's struggled for so long finally come back and show some promise. And they really are doing that right now. Yeah, so. I mean, it's basically going to end up being a whole team of comebacks. I mean, Kareem Hunt from this comeback – Baker Mayfield from being the comeback of the bad boy of football and throw in Antonio Brown having a comeback season. Yeah. So here we go. This could be the comeback team that you've been waiting for. 
Yeah, I mean, totally. And I'd be excited to see them uh, represent the AFC in the Super Bowl, especially because that means we'd get a rest from the Patriots being there, which uh, is tough to say here in Boston, but, you know. All right, uh, I am just posting a few social media, uh, or to our social media outlets, just to let the viewers know, or let the people know that they can tune in right now. Um, let's uh, throw some filler in before I get to my first uh, yeah, quote. That's, that's cool. Um, I actually forgot to start out by saying this, but tomorrow, Aiden and I are going to be interviewing yeah. Mike Lupica. That will be attached to this episode. So if you're listening now, don't just not listen when it comes out. You're going to want to listen. You're going to want to... Uh, at least skip ahead to that part it's going to be a good time and if you want to tell anyone that that's also on this episode that's great please do yeah but please do we're going to be spreading it like crazy trying to get more people to listen in and definitely check out that episode of senior quotes but it'll be better because we're not limited to time or anything we'll get more out of him and uh keep it going forward the chris heron interview went well so that was a lot of fun yeah. so i i for one and i know you are as well just really excited to do this again um the new interview process that we've established for this show is a lot of fun and i think really interesting as well and something that really expands the horizons of this show of, uh, of senior quotes so definitely check that out as jack said and it'll be up pretty soon like you said tomorrow we'll be doing that and it's a really cool opportunity hopefully we have more of those as well Okay, I'm going to get to my one MLB quote just because I, I felt we needed to touch on baseball this week. We didn't last week. And not too much is going on. The same few stories. That might be a hint, but let's get to it here. This is a tweet from John Heyman. I just want you to tell me what player this is about. Okay. Despite rumored offers slash wishes of teams, word is blank is not signing or even considering short-term deals. I mean, I feel like it's kind of both of I mean, it's obviously Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. Right. And one specifically, because you're right, both. Yeah. Um, uh, one sec. Yes, Dad, who's listening, I do have a cold. <laughs> I'm on the back end of it. We were at the start of it last week. Just answering that out loud for anyone concerned for my health, because, yeah. Um, anyway, there's two players here, like you said. Yeah. One of them specifically, and this is your hint, has been just rumored to be offered a high-value, shorter deal. I mean, obviously, both are looking for the same thing, okay. which is like 10-year deals. But one of them specifically had been rumored. I'll tell you the team yeah. that I'm thinking of. I'm going to say that it is Manny Machado. And it's actually not. It's Bryce Harper. I knew one of them had a deal. Take, take a guess, though. Take a guess. This will get you a half point if you get it right. Who's the team that I'm thinking of here who recently came out as potentially the favorite, but all of a sudden is kind of gone as quickly as they showed up? For Bryce Harper? Yeah. Um, they haven't, another hint, they have not really been discussed by us on this show for any I'm of the offseason. I'm going to say the Phillies. Well, we've discussed them a lot. Did so we, that's why I, I, didn't, I didn't think we did. Yeah, because we, remember we hyped it up with Quinn, a little, or not not even when Quinn was here instead of you. We've, we've talked it up with him before. It's the San Francisco Giants. Okay. Um, and they offered, I heard like close to 35 or 40 million a year, which is absurd. Mm. But to have them on a shorter deal, because they're concerned about, you know, his longevity, how long can he keep up the same production that he's shown so far um and his agent said and then this tweet as well that he's not interested in that he's interested in the 10-year deal that Machado wants as well um here's my question to you about this because it's not really something we've discussed too much what do you think of 10-year deals for baseball players it's it's a lot to ask for and it maybe explains why so many free agents are still sitting out here yeah it is definitely a lot to ask and I think that with baseball, it's such a long season, kind of like the NBA. 
Um, and not like the NFL, where the NFL right. is, you know, rather short term. But I don't know. I feel like that's a big commitment and a lot can change in 10 years. A, a lot of injuries can happen within 10 years. You know, a lot can happen. And I don't think that I can commit to one person for 10 years. I feel like 10 years is way too long. I mean, we've seen players stay for at least 10 years uh, with just one team in baseball, especially. But like, I mean, you didn't say this, but I think you're kind of getting at this as well. It's tough to commit to 10 years in one contract. Yeah, you can definitely exactly. commit to the same player over two four-year deals and then a two-year deal at the end. But you're right. You got to see how his production is looking in, the con- in that contract year to make sure I want to keep him at the same amount of money. And it's not even know. it's not even just the player. Like, if you look at a team, like, no team is going to be dominant for 10 years. It's really not going to happen. And, you know, that's when you get stuff like issues in the locker room. That's when you get yeah. players being, you know, upset about the players around them and the, and the record and everything and makes them want to leave and everything. And it's just to commit to 10 years, 10 years... You know, a dynasty can come and go with, you know, two times over. So I just don't really like that move at all. Yeah, I mean, another example of a guy that this didn't work out for who doesn't really get mentioned that often uh, in terms of examples would be Albert Pujols, who was looking like probably the best player in baseball when he left the St. Louis Cardinals, signed, I believe it was an eight- or ten-year deal with the Angels. And he's still on that right now, getting completely overpaid for the amount of production he's putting up. I don't even know if he starts anymore. And he's still, in my opinion, he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, that's a discussion for another day. Probably another I, I, year. I'd, I think I'd still agree with that. a few though. years from yeah. now. Yeah. But at the same time, even for a guy of a legendary status like that, you've got to think about that current year, how much you're paying him and how much he's really worth. Uh, I agree. It's so, it's so difficult to say, I'll give you this money for 10 straight years and expect you to keep it up and produce even near that value is absurd. So, Well, with the Giants offering that, I think that for teams that are somewhat irrelevant in the conversation, I think that is a good way to try and throw your hat into the ring, I, you know, as opposed to the Yankees or the White Sox and all the, in, even the Phillies. It's just like if they're not even re- if he wasn't remotely thinking of the Giants, it's like, well, now they're willing to offer me 10 years. Now I can really think about them. Yeah. Otherwise, he probably would have turned a blind eye. So I guess that is somewhat of a good move by them, but long term. And if it were to work out, I'm not I'm a seller on it. Very good point there. And I've got nothing to add other than I hope both of them, meaning Machado and Harper, sign this week and we can finally get past that. Move on to spring training, which is very, very close to starting. Pitchers, or all players, not just pitchers and catchers, are in Florida and Arizona, ready to get baseball back. And I am so excited for that. Really want to see the Yankees uh, perform and hopefully uh, get even better than they were last year. I have a quick Quinn Kiernan take on this. Uh, Harper to Giants is a Scott Boris tactic to try and get Phillies to make the final high offer. He says Scott Boris, which is Bryce Harper's agent, is a snitch. Wow. So, scorching take. Uh, he's got <laughs> he's got a little bit more. He's typing. Uh, we'll wait on that before we get to the next quote. But, obviously, this is from a Phillies fan who, oh, all of a sudden he's not typing. So, we'll, we'll keep moving. But it's from a Phillies fan who really wants to see Harper go there. And if I had to predict uh, this late in the game, I would say, yeah, he is going to end up in Philly. And he's going to fit. Philly. I think he's going to yeah. be a really good fit. I mean, Philly was, this is just my last little thing, but I, Philly was one of those teams going in that they were talking about landing both Machado and Harper, so 
to stay in the conversation. I feel like from the start, they should have been able to land one of them. Uh, he did unfollow the Washington Capitals today. So if there were any uh, more chances at him re-signing with Washington, if that means anything, it could be out the window. Uh, Quinn's take was happy birthday, Jack. So uh, Oh, all right. That's a great go. take. Great take. Uh, not a hot take at all. All right. Let's get to your second quote. Okay. So we're keeping football rolling here. Um, I, we're going to say this is NFL. I eagerly await the opportunity to continue to prove to NFL decision makers that I'm the franchise quarterback in this draft. Who said it? It's basically just, I guess it's who said it and what it's about. Well, okay. Um, so Kyler Murray, this is not, not necessarily my guess. Kyler Murray came out and said, I am going to the NFL. I'm going to focus on being the quarterback. I'm not resigning with Oakland. So... I feel like that's what it's about, you know, like mm-hmm. just that de- declaration. But I'm going to say it's Haskins who's actually saying I am the franchise quarterback. So you got – oh, my goodness. So I don't know what goes on with this <laughs> phone, but hello. <coughs> who is this? Oh, we have Jack Butterfield on the phone. Wow. So everyone's All right. keeping in touch today. How's it going, Jack? I wish we could say what he's saying on the phone, but – well, I'm getting I'm I'm getting live birthday wishes from nice. my friend Jack Butterfield. Yeah, yeah. Jack, uh, so you can hear this live with us. So right. this is about Kyler Murray, and it is Kyler Murray giving the wow. Play. Okay. So, so Jack, what's your take on Kyler Murray saying that he is the franchise quarterback in this draft? He strongly disagrees. Wow. And as much as everyone likes to root for that underdog. He thinks that Haskins has to take it away. And the best quarterback, or the best player quarterback-wise is Drew Locke. Oh, you know what? Uh, Dan said that, too. Dan was giving oh, me Oh, he said Dwayne Haskins, then Drew Locke. Okay, all right, all right. All right, Jack, we appreciate you. Love you, buddy. And uh, keep on listening. So that's interesting because um, Dan was giving uh, giving me his um, quarterback rankings today, and he put Drew Locke one, Haskins two. He had Kyler down at like four or five. He's a big seller on him. Um, I, and and then I read a mock draft today where Haskins went six to the Giants, but then Locke was seven to the Jaguars. So mm-hmm. those two are now sounding like the one and two in terms of talent. But then Murray was there at ten to the Broncos. I saw one with Murray going to the. Dolphins. Okay, so that's nine, I think. Nine, yeah. So it's going to be that weird mid-range area. I, I bet none of I Well, quarterbacks will definitely go in that mid-range area, excuse me, but the best quarterbacks can go at, like, three. Someone's okay. going to have to trade up. That's yeah. what I, I mean, it's not even a hot take. I think that's just factual. I'd love it if the Giants didn't have to move and they got I, their pick of the crop. So my take is that the Giants won't have to move. Because I think Kyler Murray, in terms of the combine, is really going to get people salivating. And I think his draft stock is going to go up a lot. The combine means so much for so many people. Look at Josh Allen continuously rising throughout all that. And look at Josh Allen this past year. Really wasn't anything fantastic. And that's their franchise quarterback. So I'm saying that Kyler Murray is, you know, he's a fast guy. He's going to be quick out there. He's going to be showing you his cannon, his arm, and everything. And he's going to rise. And I think Haskins is still just going to be at that giant spot. That's my take on it. I feel like the Giants won't have to move at all. I really hope so. I think that's a dream situation for us. Um, I read a pretty interesting statistic on Twitter today about Kyler Murray. 
Um, people are obviously concerned about him being so short compared to the average quarterback or just the other quarterback prospects in the draft this year. However, he only had six passes batted down, I believe all season. I don't think it was his career, but all season versus a lot more from some of the taller quarterbacks. I think Haskins had six as well, so it was equal. Will Greer, the other short quarterback, even though he's like six foot or six one, had just one. I uh, like Will Greer a lot. Yeah, I mean, we can get... I don't think he's a first-round talent, though. Anyway, uh, basically just saying height isn't the only factor or you don't have to be that concerned about it. Well, I mean, I mean Baker Mayfield went first in the draft last year. But I even mean, Baker's like three I mean, or four yeah, inches yes, taller. Right. He, like, he this is a new, a new it, breed. It is smaller, and it only helps in talks about his athleticism and being able to move out of the pocket and pick up yards rushing because he had fantastic rushing yards, too. At the same time, I... Just, I feel that Kyler Murray is actually going to be good. My take is that Kyler Murray is actually going to be a very good quarterback. He is, I think he is the best franchise quarterback out of this draft. Wow, okay. And I'm saying that because from watching him during college football season, I thought that every time I watched him, his throws were really good and they may have been overthrown slightly. But in every single time that it was like, somewhat of a bad throw where they commented on the throw i thought if you gave him an nfl receiver or a big tight end or anything around him i think that's a great move and it's a great throw i mean he looked very talented throughout the uh season in the big 12 i mean obviously he's playing against weaker defenses compared to the sec or the big 10 um i don't know i i'm, I'm a seller on murray to an extent i also think he's getting too much hate and he's definitely a talented player nevertheless but as a fan of a team who needs a quarterback, he's not the guy I want. I want I'm, Haskins still. I'm going all in, and I'm saying I'd rather have Kyler Murray than Haskins. I don't know if he fits My hot with take the Giants. Day, that is, that is a hot it. take. Um, I'm all in. We'll I'm have to all see. All in on the Murray fan bus. And I, okay, I, here's another one though. I'd be okay with Kyler Murray or Haskins or maybe even Drew Locke. I'm not feeling Drew Locke. If no, no, but I'm just gonna say if we don't have to trade up. Yeah, then that's I'll, fair. I'll take any of those three. That's fair. If we don't have to trade up. I'd only take Haskins if we had a trade-up. Because I, I feel strongly about him, and I think he's also going to prove himself in the combine, just like you said Kyler will. My only thing with Haskins is that uh, clearly the problem is our line right now. And, I mean, uh, agreeably so, we need a quarterback too. And I just feel that he's just not – I just don't find him mobile enough, Dwayne Haskins, for to be behind this line currently. Maybe behind like a mediocre line, that's fine. But this line is atrocious, and I don't think that we need a young guy like that who isn't that mobile being behind that line. Yeah, I mean... Kyler Murray, maybe. Kyler Murray can run up the... super mobile. Exactly. So Uh, that's why I'm kind of a buyer on Kyler Murray right now. I mean, we're not a team who's used a mobile quarterback, obviously, having Eli for 15 years or whatever. Um, But (laughs) I think it's what we need. Because you have I, you, you have Saquon too, yeah, and now it's a dual threat of who's running. Uh, you you get an option play going, it's going to be yeah, RPOs something would be pretty cool, something to behold. Um, th- I I don't agree with this take. I'm not saying yours, but the one I'm about to bring up, it just it just relates to what you're saying. Stephen A. Smith said. <laughs> that Dwayne Haskins was more of a running quarterback than a passing quarterback when he only had like a hundred yards rushing in his entire career with Ohio State. Listen, we, does he know anything about sports? Like we, this we was crazy. We can't hate on Stephen A. Because at the same time, like we are so involved in sports and, and media and everything that I feel like there's gonna come a time <laughs> when we mess up, and I feel like we've already everyone messed up yeah. before. 
So I just don't want that hate coming okay, on I'm, us. I'm sorry, Stephen A. You when know sports. It could happen. This was just a weird take. Now, that, was, <laughs> that was a terrible, terrible take. <laughs> like, we, we know better than yeah, that. But, yeah. yeah, that was a rough look. All right, before we move on to my second quote, uh, Jack Butterfield's checking in again. He says, to add on to the Kyler Murray takes, he believes that Dwayne Haskins fits the offensive play style of the Giants better than Murray as well. I'm not saying that he doesn't. I'm just saying that maybe it's time to change. Okay, yeah. That's all. That's a good point. I kind of agree with both of you there. I I don't know whether or not it is the right time to change, but I agree with you. If you want to change the scheme, there's no one better to pick than Murray because he's so much different than what the Giants have been doing. However, if you're thinking about just sticking with our West Coast offense and what has worked in the past, I mean, I know recently not so much, but I think that Haskins is your guy. But don't sleep on Drew Locke. Apparently, he's talented as well. And it, it's it's tough to say that, though, because scouts have said all year, you know, this is a weak draft class for quarterbacks. And then all of a sudden, there's going to be hype all the time, you know? And my thing with Drew Locke is he's going to be that hot take pick. Sure. Like, he's going to be like... The Josh Allen, probably. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just going to be that guy that people who want to debate sports and really talk about it are just going to be like, forget Haskins and forget Kyler Murray. Yeah, they're great, but I'm I'm riding with Drew Locke. And it's like, no, Drew Locke's just going to be mediocre. (laughs) You just want to be relevant in sports. Yeah. That's all it is. Kyler Murray like, and like Dwayne a Haskins. Coward, Skip Bayless exactly. kind of guy. Yeah. Dwayne Haskins, not, not to Kyler be in more Murray, names. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, but like those two are the guys that yeah. when it comes down to it, I've seen enough of in college football that I can believe that they are true franchise quarterbacks. Gotcha. Okay. Um, well, in that case, let's move to my second quote. This gets us into the basketball conversation. Um, which one do I want to do? I've got two of them. Uh, this one's a little simpler. Uh, tell me who said it. Name at least one of the two players uh, that this is kind of about. You'll see what I mean. I'm sure you've seen it already. Um, responding to a question in the press conference, this person said, which is harder from the player standpoint? Six championships, by all means. That is Michael Jordan, and this is about which was better or which triple-double streak or something with Russell Westbrook and um, I forget who it was. Was it... Hakeem Olajuwon? No. Kareem, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? No, no, no. I'm someone. giving you the full point because... It's so, I, I know. I'm just... I'm trying to... You got MJ out. right. You yeah. got Russell Westbrook right. I'm trying to think of who it was. Well, the other streak's actually James Harden and his 30-point streak. Oh, really? Again. Yeah. Okay. So it was what's more impressive. 10 straight triple-doubles. Who was it or, that Russell Westbrook beat out for the um, triple-doubles? That's that's the other person I'm thinking of. It might have been Hakeem. All I know is Wilt Chamberlain has like 40-ish or something. Oh, so wow. he's not... He hasn't set the record yet. Yeah. That's uh, the other person I was trying to think of. But yeah. yeah, James Harden right. makes sense. Actually, that, I'm sorry, I think Will Chamberlain's the one who has the 30-point streak that Harden's still chasing. Okay. I think you might be right about Olajuwon. I think it's Akeem Olajuwon. Well, we'll, che- we'll fact-check that in a bit, but I'm giving you the full point. Um, I don't really want to talk about MJ. I think this is just kind of a funny quote. Yeah. But I do want to talk about maybe what your take is between Westbrook and Harden, what's more impressive between 30 straight games of 30 points or 10 straight games of triple-doubles. Both are very impressive, even if each of them was gunning for that, which yep. I don't even believe at this point. And also, I have another question about the Thunder that I'll save after this. Okay. Uh, hopefully I don't forget it. Yeah. I'll, I'll write it down as you talk. Okay, so I think you have to look at the context of the two situations. This is Russell Westbrook playing alongside a fantastic star in Paul George, who's also been having very good games recently. And then you have James Harden, who's just kind of, just as we used to say Russell Westbrook was stat padding his 
triple doubles. It's exactly. kind of like James Harden is. Yeah. So I think it's more, while it's amazing that he's putting up these numbers and he's capitalizing on all of his shots, he's taking a lot of the shots. And I'm used to a guy on the Knicks like Melo who had as many looks like that and would put up huge numbers. But I just think it's so much more impressive with a triple double because you're working both offensively and defensively and you're getting assists to all of the players around you. So I'm saying. Russell Westbrook, that is pretty amazing. I'm going to agree with you there, um, but I don't want to take anything away from Harden in doing so because 30 straight games of 30-plus points, and remember, we, we've analyzed the streak before, um, and when we look back, there was just one game where he had like 27 or something, which broke the streak, and then before that, he had a few more games. So he's been doing this for like 35 games, actually. Yeah. Um, that's so impressive, that consistency. You know, the ability... Not just to have that many looks, but to convert on so many of them came in and game out. Um, I don't know. I, I don't want to say Harden's is more impressive. In fact, I just said earlier, and I'm going to stick with it, that Westbrook's is uh, more impressive because, yeah, you're working in the rest of your teammates by getting assists. You're getting a lot of defensive rebounds, which is so impressive from a guard, as we see a lot with Kai Bowman on our BC Eagles. Uh, I mean, both are so impressive, though. But neither is more impressive than six championships in a row, which I agree with with MJ. Yes, he took a year off, but he really did win six straight championships, which is so impressive, and Dan would be so happy to hear me saying this. Uh, Yeah, MJ the GOAT. Yeah, the question I have, and we say that all the time, (laughs) that MJ's the GOAT. Sorry, LeBron, if you want to come on the show, you just got to understand that. Okay, the question that I had for you, is Paul George becoming a top MVP candidate? MVPG? Um, I guess, I guess so as a candidate. His streak has been just as impressive. I'd probably put him and Giannis still up there, but it's at this point, it's already almost all-star break. I have to give it to James Harden, regardless, unless the rest of the season he's putting up like zero points, which he's not going to. This streak is so impressive in terms of scoring and what you want out of an MVP and continuously getting wins, continuously getting good wins against teams too almost single-handedly that's an mvp all by itself i'm all in on james harden as my mvp okay. and i think he'll win it no contest i'm supporting paul george being a top mvp candidate and i'd love to see him win it because it's so out of nowhere and he's a guy who deserves that and i mean he uh choosing to stay with the thunder and be loyal to the team that traded for him as opposed to going to the lakers last offseason uh as a free agent i mean it's impressive I- i'm really a fan of Paul George's and uh, want to see him keep this up. Uh, hopefully he does. I don't know if he'll win the MVP. I agree with you that Harden and Giannis should both be put ahead of him still. But if he keeps surging and if he looks better down the stretch in these last few months than Giannis and Harden do, it'll probably come down to the numbers and, you know, whose team finished higher, in, in, at least with the West. I don't know. It'll be pretty exciting. It's, it's a real race this year. I'm... I'm a big believer in Steven Adams. He's, he's great. But I think if you can land a star center for that team, that's a very, very good team. And I think that Westbrook and George get each other and play a lot better than Durant and Paul George, excuse me, Durant and Westbrook did. Yeah. So I'm all, I actually look out for the Thunder. That's what I'm going to say. My I'm lukewarm take is that they'll sign someone big soon. Yeah. All right, I like that. Uh, one more basketball question or, or topic right now, even though I do have another quote coming up later. Uh, Michael Padawano is listening in, and he said, 
talk about his guy, John Morant, the greatest player ever. <laughs> I'm cool with that. No, John Morant. So I'll give you my perspective I as, love as too, a Knicks yeah. fan because Knicks right now are have the worst record. It's a terrible, terrible record. We have 10 wins. And they are, as of right now, projected the number one overall pick. And I believe that the way the draft works this year is that the top three have the same chances of getting that first pick. So my take is that if you have the first, clearly it's Zion. Yep. I'm all in on Zion. No matter what the tournament happens, I think John Morant may be a better tournament player as well. But I'm still going all in on Zion as the greatest guy out there. And yes, John Morant, the, the conversation is starting that he may be the number one pick. It doesn't matter. This type of athleticism only comes around once or twice in a generation, and that is Zion. Now, what I will say is that I really, really don't want that second pick. And I really don't want to make the decision between R.J. Barrett and John Morant because I think that if the Knicks were to choose R.J. Barrett, which probably won't happen as John Morant's stock rises, but if they were to pick him at two and John Morant goes three, I say John Morant has a much better year, a much better career than R.J. Barrett. Well, I have a Knicks fan here who disagrees with you. Uh, Jack Butterfield says, well, first of all, he says that's such a Padawano thing to say about John Morant being the greatest player ever. Uh, he says RJ to the Knicks. He says F Zion slash John Morant. Better all-around player. I'm I'm going to say no to that. I'm also on the Zion like hype train here. He's so impressive night in and night out for Duke. Uh, but if you have the number two pick, and I love John Morant too, I think RJ's getting a lot of just bad looks or like... I don't know what first, to say here. First of all, you need to see John Morant play in the tournament. Yeah, and because play better competition. Exactly. He'll play better competition. You can get a real uh, pulse on how his play style is and, and how he'll fit in in the NBA because he's, he'll essentially play against pre-NBA players. The other thing is the Knicks literally have to sign at least one big free agent this offseason in order to justify the Kristaps trade. And I'm only going to say that the Knicks only look appealing if you land Zion. And depending on how John Morant does in the tournament and gets some buzz, maybe John Morant. R.J. Barrett, to me, just doesn't cut it if you're a big-time free agent like Duran or Kyrie. I don't think he's a necessity to play with. I think Zion is a cool young player that you want to be a part of and you want to play with because Zion is going to build hype around your team. He is going to put up points. And it's all in the garden in one of the greatest sports arenas, if not the greatest sports arena in the world. So I think it has to be Zion and then asterisk potentially John Morant based on his tournament play all to right. pull in those free agents. Sure. Okay. Uh, I have another uh, listener input. Uh, and this is a shout out to Jake Jacob, a.k.a. the fourth man of the year from the Lakers uh, in our SAC basketball league. But he's asking an MLB question. Okay. So maybe I'll answer it first. But he wants to know on Yoannis Cespedes' production this year for the Mets as one of our resident Mets fan listeners. Um, I don't really know because uh, the Mets are not a team that's been talked about this offseason other than Jacob deGrom and whether or not he's going to re-sign with them. In fact, this would have been a cool quote for someone maybe more invested in the MLB offseason right now because no one really is. But Jacob deGrom set a deadline of before opening day I think I to did sign that, a contract yeah. extension. Yeah, which is wild. Uh, so that's pretty interesting. As for Cespedes, he's been declining a little bit. He's getting so much older than anyone realizes because I think a lot of people like to think him and Yasiel Puig are close to the same age because they're very similar players. Cespedes is like 35 already. He, he came into the league old. He played really well for the Red Sox, Tigers, 
A's, and now he's at the Mets. I, I, I'm going to say, because I, I feel pretty good about the Mets this year. Uh, they've done some things to look like a win-now team, and if they can finally get some offense behind DeGrom and Syndergaard, maybe DeGrom stays, and maybe this team finally makes that postseason run they've been looking for. But realistically, I'm going to say Sessimus goes no more than 20 to 25 homers and probably, I don't know, goes down to like a 250, 260 batting average. I just think he's going to decline this year a little bit more. But that's not to say he can't be a leader in the uh, clubhouse, unlike Puig, who's been like clubhouse cancer, and that's why he got traded to the Reds. I don't know if you if you have any more input on either of those players, throw it in. I I don't have no, this made me. I don't have a excuse me. <laughs> I don't have a take on this, but I did think of a take in terms of New York sports, and I'm going to say, and this is a bit of a hot take, that New York sports are going to be back within the next sports season. Now it's a hot take because a lot has to come around for the Knicks. I think the Nets are a very good basketball team. So I think Knicks and Nets, potentially, I'm a big believer in the Knicks signing free agents. I think that they can both be back. I do agree with you that the Mets can really make a run. The Yankees are definitely going to be great. I think that both of those teams are going to be fairly good. I think the Giants, yes, it's not going to be that great of a season. But by landing a top quarterback, because it seems like we're going to get a quarterback, it brings some hope back. And it can potentially restore a lot of Giants fans' faith after this last past season. And I, it doesn't necessarily mean a playoff run. The NFC East is weak, so who knows? True. But I think Giants football can somewhat be back in terms of its fan base. Jets, I think they could potentially land Le'Veon Bell. And I think if they land him, I like the pairing of him and Darnold. I think Darnold with screen passes would really open up his game, and that's going to be something to behold. The I'm going to bring up the Rangers, too. I think the Rangers... They weren't supposed to be that good this year. They str- they're struggling now, clearly, but they ended up having a good, strong streak, and that yeah. was only in a bit of a rebuild year. So I really think that New York sports on the whole are going to be coming back, and that is my hot take of the day. I mean, it makes sense because these past few years, so many teams have been stuck in rebuild mode, and it makes sense that we're finally seeing some success come out of that. So... Patience is a virtue, and it's starting to pay off finally for New York sports fans, like you're saying. But we just got to keep waiting and seeing. Uh, waiting and seeing, I guess. <laughs> because no one's there yet. The only championship contender would be the Yankees, in my opinion. And they still got to fight with the Red Sox just to win their own division. So we'll see. Uh, but it's your turn for a quote, I think. Yep. Um, so let's get to that one. Last football quote of the day. Just say what it's about and who said it. You, okay. I don't necessarily know if you'll know who said it, but it somewhat makes sense if you know about it. Okay. We're very, very excited about the start. We couldn't be more pleased. Yes, there's room for improvement. There's room for better coaching. There's room for players playing together and improving throughout the season. So who said it? Okay. I have a guess. Um, I, and what it's about, I, I hope... Don't even say I'm right until I have the full guess. Okay. It's about the AAF and the start of this new league and players developing and all that. And because it's about that part, I'm going to say it's Heinz Ward, who's the player, the coaching, developing guy. What do you think? So it is about the AAF. For those of you listening who don't know what AAF means, it's not three random letters. No. It is the American Alliance of Football. So it's the new... Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure it's... Alliance of American Football? Alliance of American Football? I think it's that. But I mean, it, those Either are the way, three those words. Those are the words. <laughs> yeah. Put them together however you want. Anyway, uh, new... Basically, we have football all year long. And 
the person that said it, I was going. I thought you would guess Heinz Ward, but yeah. it's actually Jeff Fisher. Oh yeah, yeah, because he is. I want to get his title right. The head of football strategy Ooh. for the AAF, and I'm okay. a huge Jeff Fisher guy. Oh yeah, love Jeff Fisher. For those of you CBA boys listening, he looks exactly like Matson. He does. So had to go all in on Jeff Fisher. Glad he's back in the football spotlight. But the AAF is pretty awesome because we just got done with the Super Bowl, and we have more football, and we basically we can recount our own AAF viewing experience. Yeah. But we had a lot of fun watching it. It was like football was back. We were, you know, throwing some names that you're familiar with from either college or, you know, recent NFL players that are now trying to get back into it or, you know, play at a lower level. And I think it's pretty cool that we can now, basically it's being associated somewhat with the NFL and it got a lot of buzz and popularity as we said at the start of the episode. And you can really test out some stuff to try in the NFL before just fully going all in on it in the NFL and having people and refs and players all being mad about, you know, different moves. So I am a big supporter of the AAF. That last part you mentioned is the really cool part for me. The fact that they can try out new rules that might make an appearance in the NFL in a few years, such as no kickoffs. Onside kicks have been changed to a 4th and 12 conversion try where you're on your own 28-yard line. You have to get to your own 40 to get a new set of downs. I think that is so cool. And a lot more safe. A lot safer. I don't know why I didn't say that. Uh, but, like, that's super cool. And I want to see how that works out. It hasn't happened yet from my knowledge. But we'll see it soon in, when close games come down to the wire. Uh, and like you said, cool or former NFL players, names that we recognize, such as Trent Richardson, Denard Robinson, guys like that, they're the new stars of their teams and it makes you really want to tune in and see how are these guys doing today uh and that's why i picked the atlanta legends to be my favorite team i also picked the atlanta legends we are all in on the atlanta legends that's the team that senior quotes is supporting uh we want to be friends of the show with them (laughs) but uh yeah so that's pretty exciting and it just both got like did we both get likes from the Atlanta Legends? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so the Atlanta Legends have liked some of our tweets already, so no big deal, but a semi-professional team is liking <laughs> our stuff. But well, no. professional team now. Yeah. I, I guess so. So the Atlanta Legends are really cool. They were kind of bad first game, which, you know, it makes sense. We're New York fans, so we're used to to losing teams. But it's a building year. It's a building year. <laughs> we just started, but yeah. it's a rebuild. And if you're not on now, then get off and join a different team. But definitely... Definitely look into the AAF. It's been a lot of fun. And it's a great time to pick a new team if, you know, sports aren't going your way with some of your initial picks. Exactly. And, I mean, luckily for Daniel, our uh, Bills fan roommate, he picked the uh, Birmingham Birmingham Iron, excuse me, who were the only team to shut out their opponent. They did so in dominant fashion. I think it was like 26 nothing, And that's the team that Trent Richardson's on. Uh, he had a classic Trent Richardson day of like 22 rushes for like 80 yards, but he had two touchdowns, so like very good day. Uh, I don't know. I'm just really excited for this league, and like you said, it's football year-round all of a sudden. It's not going to be as long of a season as the NFL, so it'll only get us a couple more months, but by then we're at the NFL free agency and the draft, and then we're pretty much back into talking about the NFL, so pretty cool. Now we have like an MLB season length of football each year which is really exciting uh we have a jeff fisher take (laughs) from padawana okay (laughs) tell coleman that jeff fisher is possibly the most undeserving nfl coach ever 
Worse than Condoleezza Rice. <laughs> wow. Wow. That is a hot take. And I yeah, love... Scorching. Actually, the Condoleezza Rice thing is actually very yeah. funny. Because I remember... We talked about that with the Browns, right? Yeah, it was the Browns. That's funny. No, um... I'm going to say no. <laughs> I'm a big Jeff Fisher fan, Padawano. But... I'm I'm happy that he's just involved in football in some way, so I can just see his mustache every once in a while. Very good. He's just got to pop up. Yeah. So uh, let's get to my final quote. I believe I'm winning by just one point, so you can tie it here. Uh, and I think you will. You gotta say who said it, who it's about. Um, there's a blank filling that in is who it's about. All right. Blank reached out to me to find out if we could get together this summer. I said you got to clear it with the league. But he wants to know how to play the position as a big guard. It's fine. I will do that. Okay. I mean, I know I know it's Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. That's a big guard. Um, man, I can't really. Oh, oh, I got it. I got it. It's yeah. Magic Johnson. Yes, Because Magic Johnson is probably one of the best big guards of all time. And this is about all the recent L.A. Lakers and Sixer or L.A. Lakers and Ben Simmons I don't know what it... Uh, tampering? Tampering, yeah. yeah. Yep, Going on right now? Exactly. So uh, that's a whole issue right now. I mean, you got it. You have the full point. Awesome. Uh, that's an issue right now of whether or not the Lakers are tampering with Ben Simmons. But it sounds like... And the NBA ruled it as there is no tampering in this situation. Uh, the GM of the uh, Philadelphia 76ers, Elton Brand, kind of overreacted at first. Uh, saying that he did not clear this to happen. He didn't want Magic talking to Simmons. But it sounds like now it's okay. It was just an overreaction. He wants to hear only about advice on the court. But it's like there's still a gray area there. Like that, How do you know that that's all they're going to talk about if they do? Uh, it's great to, for Simmons to you know say he wants to meet with a bunch of different players because he didn't just name Magic. But the fact that Magic Johnson has a high-up position with the Lakers you know, murks the situation a little bit. Yeah, so. I personally think it's inappropriate. I don't, There are plenty of other bigger guards that he can talk to about improving. I just don't think right now it's a good idea to be working with a guy who's as high up as Magic Johnson. <laughs> yeah, yeah just, just a quick take. That yeah, that was there. a quick take. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got an alert during the show that he, he, he sat down to rep- talk to reporters today, and he goes... Like, like pretending that he comes back from a phone call, he just goes, that's like the 10th time Magic's called me today. Like, that's the yeah. first thing he said when he sat down, which is pretty funny, uh, showing that Ben Simmons has a good sense of humor, along with Joel Embiid. And how about, yeah, how about we talk about the Sixers real fast? I know uh, Quinn would appreciate that. Maybe he'll send a take in if he's still listening. But um, they got a lot better. We met, I, I think the Tobias Harris trade had already happened when we hit the studio last week. If it hadn't, though... What do you think? Are, 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 on paper, are they the best team in the East now? They are definitely the best team in the East. They also absolutely smoked the Lakers the other night. Yeah, yeah. And I believe, I think they play the Celtics tonight. I think that they're going to beat the Celtics too because the Celtics have had some interior problems as well, which I love because that means more of a chance for Kyrie to leave a toxic situation. Anyway, yeah, I think the Sixers have an amazing starting five. It, it really doesn't get much better than that. Tobias Harris is the perfect piece to fit into that lineup. You know, it's always hard with Jimmy Butler just because of how much of a cancer he is to the locker room at times. But really, he can't afford to be on this team because this team is a team that has enough star power to compete against the Warriors now. And now that the Celtics are having struggles, 
Yes, the Bucks are very good. Yes, Toronto has Kawhi. But I don't know. I my as of right now, the Sixers are my favorite to make it to the finals this year. Okay, so I think I'm still sticking with the Bucks because they've done a really good job of building around Giannis pretty quietly. They've got another All Star in Chris Middleton. Eric Bledsoe is awesome. Brooke Lopez is having a renaissance year where he decided to shoot threes finally. And then uh, they added Nicole Miritich as well. So there's a lot of depth on this team all of a sudden. Um, but I don't know because, like you're saying, the Raptors and Bucks are both built around one superstar. The Sixers now have three plus Tobias Harris, who's a budding star. And a great shooter in J.J. Redick. Yeah, so... And a good bench. They yeah, kind of no, scrapped it a little bit. DJ McConnell is awesome. I, yeah. I'm a huge fan of his as well coming in off the bench. And they so, can sign someone else because there's a lot of guys who are going to get uh, bought out um, coming up soon. I, I don't know. It's it's really interesting. I'd be cool with the Sixers making it this year because it would be a new team, a new look. But at the same time, I can get a little bit annoyed at Philly fans. Probably better if Philly fans get another final instead of Celtics fans, though. Instead of Boston fans, rather. Yeah, that, that's all Boston needs is to complete like, a trifecta this year. <laughs> and then the Bruins will just randomly win. I don't even know no, what's that, going on. That's not going to happen. Yeah. The Bruins are pretty rough right now. All right, good. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm all in on the Sixers being the Eastern Conference Finals team. I'd be, it would be really cool to see the Bucks or maybe even the Raptors because I think Kawhi staying could be cool. I just don't think it's going to happen. Uh, we've talked about that before, so I'll save it there. But, yeah, I mean, there's four really good teams who all have a chance in the East, and it's the first time in eight years uh, where the East won't belong to LeBron, and, like, it's actually a toss-up. So pretty exciting there. Uh, here's a question from Butters about the Ben Simmons thing. Would we react the same way if it was, like, the Hawks or the Cavs, you know, who wasn't a good team, who who was had a former player that Simmons wanted to reach out to, which might actually be happening, and no one's talking about it. So he's saying... If it wasn't a good team, would we still care? Yes. Yeah, I, 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 I still care. I just don't think you can have anyone in a higher position like that interacting with a player. It doesn't matter, you know, if it is the Lakers who have potential to bring in some free agents or whatever. I just think that any team, not even necessarily that they're trying to do it, but it's like it comes up in some way or other. Like even if Ben Simmons wouldn't want to go to Cleveland or, or uh, the Hawks or any team like that, like – it's still tampering, and it'll still affect, if not then, maybe potentially future dealings with that player. Okay. So I'm going to say no. I think it should just across the board be no. I think it's a bad look. But I guess it's like, here's my hypothetical. What if a guy, because like, well, we'll say Ben Simmons, even though it doesn't make sense style-wise. What if he said, I want to reach out to Michael Jordan and talk to the all-time great about how I play? Like, Because think about it. Simmons isn't in a contract year yet. I want to say next season will be his last and then he's just a restricted free agent which means the Sixers can match any offer and they probably will so is it the same would you still be like would you be upset about that I I would I'd still be upset about it I mean look at LeBron all the time or even Kobe you know they worked with players who were retired and and not necessarily involved in the game as much anymore. There's plenty of players out there that you can reach out to and try and work on your game and there's plenty of greats yes Magic Johnson is arguably the best big guard big guard slash one of the top point guards of all time and it's just not a right situation right now if it were a couple years down the line and he wasn't involved in the lakers or anything then yeah sure have at it but i just i don't think it's a good look all right i i don't disagree with you it just it, it is a good interesting conversation to have because that kind of 
mentorship is going on i don't think it should be discouraged as a whole but yeah if if there's an influence in terms of what team you're going to go to in a few years totally agree with that at the same time not to like draw back on my take right but look at players who go in the summer and do workouts with lebron yeah. and stuff. yeah so that, when i look at it that way i guess it's not as big a deal to me but because players probably have even I don't know when you're a guy like LeBron or Durant or someone big like that as much pull as a GM. So maybe I'm saying that it might be okay now. I don't know. I don't like going <laughs> back on my take, so I'm going to stick with no. It shouldn't sure. be allowed. Okay. But I do see the opposing side. All right, sure. So we have a few more minutes. Uh, we tied today. So I'll say it's your birthday. So you get an honorary victory, even though we tied. Love uh, it. It's, uh, as long as it's not a loss, no one likes to take yeah, an L on their birthday. Of course. And that didn't happen. So there you go. We all win because it's your birthday. We're going to have some Oreo cake when we get awesome. back to the room. Awesome. Watching Harry Potter. So speaking of that, we have a few more minutes. Okay. Uh, tell us the filler you wanted to use today because we haven't seen The Bachelor yet. We went yeah, to the Bean Pot yesterday. We were, we were out last night. Sorry for all you Bachelor fans out there. I forget what they call Bachelor fans, whatever it is. The Red Roses. Uh, <laughs> no idea. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, we didn't get a chance to watch The Bachelor. Or both of us have already experienced some spoilers, so that was kind of lame. But we have been watching a lot of Harry Potter. So yes. in terms of Harry Potter... Of course, multiple sports conversations have come up in our watching because Quidditch is awesome and it just gets you kind of thinking about other sports. So there's, we have three sports topics that we can talk about in relation to Harry Potter. So firstly, we tried making a starting five for basketball based on Harry Potter characters. So would you like to give your first starting five? Should I start with mine? I'm going to let you go first. Okay, I'm trying to remember. So it's a no-brainer. You have to go with Hagrid as your center. Yeah. Hagrid's a big body in the paint. He's awesome. He needs to be the center. Power forward, I'm thinking maybe like a... Was I thinking like Victor Crumb? I think I, I want to go say with it was like Crumb because he. Victor I, I Crumb. I'm just gonna agree with what you say. We're yeah. Build one together. Here. All right. So Victor Crumb is a big body, strong he guy. He Draymond. Exactly. Yeah. So he he's a great guy to have out there. Then I think I'm gonna go with my small for it. Who would I want it small? I think for? we said Diggory maybe. Cedric Diggory. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So Cedric Diggory as my small forward. You have, like, Fred and George Weasley coming off the bench at the wings, though. Yeah. those guys, they I think fun. they need to play together, too. Yeah. So, we'll ha- that'll be our seven. They're like the Mars twins. Maybe. Yeah. So, so they'll be our seven. Shooting guard and point guard. I want to... Th- you got Harry at the point. That would be my Harry team. has to be the point. Actually, I also said that I'd be okay with Dobby as, like, an Isaiah Thomas small <laughs> point guard, like, okay. lightning quick. Like Spud Webb. Yeah, yeah. So, maybe... <laughs> Muggsy Bogues. Oh, you know what I'm saying? I think we had Snape at shooting guard. We did. I feel like Snape yeah. is lights out from three. So that's our starting five, plus the Weasley twins off the bench. Um, I, we didn't have Voldemort on that team, but Voldemort is definitely like a Kawhi Leonard type, like just like silent killer. Yeah. So that's our starting five. Then we looked at football, and we're going to go with quarterback and running back, and maybe a receiver too. We'll throw a receiver in there. So my quarterback, this is the hot take. <laughs> not, re- well, yeah, not really, but like if you hear it, you're going to think it's a hot take. But Hermione is definitely my quarterback. Oh, yeah. We were watching Prisoner of Azkaban, and there's a part where she throws these rocks, and it just perfect, perfect Straight accuracy. Straight through the window. Dimes. Multiple times. Dimes through Hagrid's hut. Oh, my goodness. So Hermione is without a doubt my quarterback. Running back, I think this is where I'm going to go Harry. Okay. I think he's lightning quick. <laughs> Harry's like your Tariq Cohen type. Yeah. I like him, though. Fullback I think he's fast. Hagrid. <laughs> I, I think he's fast. I think Harry, as a sneaker, a sneaker, a sneaker. seeker, 
is very Good similar, point. like being fast and and. But speedy then maybe he's quick. like a slot receiver. That's also true. Yeah. So, I, actually, I don't know if I'm going Haggard at fullback or if I'm putting Haggard he's at tight end. Line. Oh, yeah. Okay. And just a big body that's hard to bring me down. Sure. Um, and then receiver. I'm trying to think who would be a good receiver. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying, like, I'm thinking of the tall characters who aren't named Haggard, who you can line up out there. Uh, I, I feel like Diggory again. Diggory would like, make a cool receiver. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he's your go-to, but he's definitely I, I feel like Diggory could be like a Julian Edelman, like, yeah. just kind of like, yeah. an, uh, like a pretty strong guy, but also like fairly good at catching. And sure. I, I feel like that's just consistent. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Cedric Diggory at my receiver. All right. And then our final sport, we're going to say baseball. Just, just best hitters. I, I, slash pit, let's let's slash pitchers. pitchers, too. Yeah. Uh, I, again, Hagrid. Hagrid's just the all-around pitcher. He's sport. like your slugger. Like he's your first yeah. baseman for sure. Uh, Harry's your leadoff hitter, I think. Okay. We're just assuming he's got the speed, and you see it yeah. in those Quidditch matches, I'd say so. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of characters we haven't said yet. Maybe like Sirius Black or Remus Lupin. Do you think they would? Ooh, what would I, they do? I feel like Lupin could be a definitely like a pitcher. Okay. I could see Lupin as a pitcher. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's not even counting Werewolf Lupin. Uh, but True. Sirius Black, where would I want him? Maybe like a shortstop. I don't know. I could see him there. I actually know. I could see Harry at shortstop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's probably your fast shortstop. Um, Sirius maybe plays third then. You know. Oh, you know what? I could see. I could see Ron being good at baseball. Yeah. For some reason. Yeah. Maybe like a like in. I don't know. Maybe like a third baseman. Okay. Or no, second. second. He's a yeah. second baseman. Ron Beasley yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Ron, Ron <laughs> is definitely second base. And I feel like he's like a fairly good hitter. Like he's not going to hit dingers, but he'll get the ball out. He's there. like a Glaber Torres yeah, kind of guy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, can you imagine that double play partnership between Weasley and Potter right yeah. there? Yeah. Tyler. All right. I like that. So, yeah, we'll, we'll call it there. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that because we are ready to – Go back to the room, eat some cake for Coleman's birthday, and watch Harry Potter Deathly Hollows Part 1, apparently. Yep. And catch up. we have to catch up on The Bachelor, too. We do. We'll do that and uh, get you guys updated for the next episode for sure. Uh, other than that, yeah, birthday wishes to Coleman, and good wishes to all you guys uh, to have a great rest of Welcome back, guys. We are back in the studio talking to Mike Lupica over the phone. For those of you who do not know Mr. Lupica, he was a columnist for the New York Daily News, covered the Knicks, and the countless, countless books that we, I know I personally have read since I was, I don't know, six years old, seven years old. <laughs> yes, sir. It's, I mean, I, I think I still have like my copy of Travel Team somewhere. It was Heat for me. Heat was my okay. uh, go-to. Okay, <laughs> So, uh, Mike, you also went to Boston College, so he is an alum of BC. So could you tell us about your experience here and what kind of prep you got to that would, I guess, propel you into your role with the Daily News? Well, um, yeah, I mean, I have an amazing history with the school now. I mean, I've sent three sons there. My daughter's gone there. My sister went there. Her oldest son went there. I When I got there, I, I already knew what I wanted to do. I, I had... Um, I started writing for the Nashua Telegraph up at, at, at where, where my mom and dad still live um, when I was still in high school. And so I, I kind of knew that that's what I wanted to do. And so pretty early on, um, I started writing for the Heights. And then from the, then there were, there were some other school papers then. There was one called the Thursday Reporter, 
And then there was one that the athletic direct uh, department put out called the Eagle's Eye. So I was writing for all of them. Wow, that's, and then that's awesome. Before too long, um, I, I, I got, a, after about three columns in the Heights, I got a call one day from Ernie Roberts, who was the sports editor of the Boston Globe. Yeah. And <clears throat> to this day, I, I honestly don't know who, who, was, who was feeding him my stuff. I mean, I didn't have much of a resume. And he, he asked me if I wanted to write a feature um, for the Globe. And, and uh, in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, I think I can find time in my busy schedule for that. <laughs> and, and so it, we used to have a, a, the, the head, the star uh, baton twirler at BC used to be called the Golden Girl. I think that in, in, in an enlightened age, I think that position is now gone. <laughs> and her name was Pam Lake, and I wrote a feature about her. And I still remember what the league was. The league was she has the best pair of hands on the BC campus, but she doesn't play football. That's the league. <laughs> And the next day was on the front page of the Boston Evening Globe. And from that moment on, I, I, I knew what I was going to do. And so I, I, I'm going to school, and I'm, write, I'm working nights at the Globe, and I'm writing features for them. And then I started writing for the Boston Phoenix, which was, um, you know, the big counterculture weekly there. But I... I, the, the Phoenix was sending me to, off to cover things like the Billie Jean King Bobby Riggs match, and I my That's English incredible. teachers were completely you know my the, the great Paul Doherty who who came uh, who came to introduce me when I was up at BC doing the writing residency he he kind of got what I wanted to do and where I was going and so they were very you know they were very understanding because excuse me i was you know i was starting to make a living as 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 a writer and it, it, it to, to this day it was just the most fun i've ever had i'm i'm riding around in a, a volkswagen bug and and um go, you know going to class but but you know going right to to uh to the globe after i finished uh, classes and it was it was a, a tremendously fun time in my life because i was living the life even before i left boston college uh, that's honestly incredible. I mean, I love hearing all this because it's very similar to how I feel about sports and writing. And I, from the start, from high school even, I knew exactly what I wanted to go into with communications and, and writing for the Heights. I've already been writing a lot of columns myself, and it's just great to hear. Um, so in terms of BC, or just I guess that time in your life, what was your favorite story that you covered? Oh, I, I mean, the... the what was really fun is, you know, we got to travel with the football team. So we're going to, like, Miami and, and, and Tulane and College Station, Texas. And, you know, I, I, I can't remember whether I was I had graduated or not. I, I think I was still writing for the school paper when, um, you know, we beat Texas in football. And, oh, and that was a big. huge yeah. thing at the time. To uh, uh, they had this monster kicker named Russell Erksleben, and he had a kick at the end that would have beaten us. And, and it, I, I forget how long it was; it came off his foot like a rocket. And I thought we were going to lose, but we didn't. And you know, the, we, the basketball team was pretty good. I mean, I think we made the final eight in the country one year. I, you know, I I I, I wrote a column for the Heights about. Coach Kelly when he won his 500th game, and, and those are the days when BU was so far superior to us. You know, before uh, before Coach York came along and changed everything. And and so no, I mean, I, everything I've ever done, 
at least with, with, with the column that I wrote in New York all those years, I never felt any differently than I did writing for the school paper. I mean, I, I can remember the, the football coach was a man named Joe Yakika, and, and um, I, I criticized him pretty early in my career at the Heights, and he called me into his office, and, and, and I, I walked out of his office that day thinking, I just pissed off the head football coach at this school. I mean, I, and, and so it, there's a part of me that's always been writing for the school paper and always been writing for my friends. And I've, I've never, you know, I've never changed my approach. I, I'm just gonna, you know, in a reasoned way, I'm going to tell you what I think about stuff. And, and, you know, people come up to me and say, well, I, I, you know, I don't agree with everything you write. And I said, oh, holy crap, I hope not. But, 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 you know, I always told people this, even when I was in college, if I think something on Monday and, and the wind shifts, I'm not going to tell you something different on, on Thursday. Mm. You know, I, 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 believe, I, I believe what I believe. Yeah, that's something uh, that we both on the show like to do is stick to our takes, especially when it definitely seems like an unpopular opinion or something that, sure. uh, you know, yeah. yeah, a lot of our friends might be uh, questioning, but it's good to stick with it and see if you, you know, get that prediction correctly. Uh, it's always a very prideful moment when you do. For sure. Um, my next question was going to be, what's your take on the current state of Boston College sports? You know, you were taking us through a little summary of what they looked like back in the day, but how about right now with Steve Adazio coaching the football? team and Jim Christian with basketball? I, I, I think I want to think that the football program is on the right track. I, I But every time it seems like we're going to have a big breakthrough, we lose the game that yeah. we're supposed to win. That sounds like and, all of BC sports. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I really believe that even with the extension, that they've got to be really good next year. I think they need to be really good next year. And, and as for the basketball program, I, I uh, you know, I can remember it wasn't so terribly long. Here's the thing about football and basketball. I was at a Saturday night game against Florida State in the rain where if we had won when Matt Ryan was the quarterback, we were going to be number one in the country the next Tuesday. So it's not like we can't do it. Okay, so, so I... I I'm glad that we're scoring points again because I, I used to say that that if we didn't start scoring 40 points a game like everybody else in college football, then we did have to get a new coach. Okay, yeah. and then and then Dylan comes along and we start doing that, and then you know stuff has happened the, the last couple of years. I mean, I I, th I think we would have gone off on a nice high note by winning that bowl game if we hadn't had a you know a weather calamity yes yeah, yeah. Very and, unfortunate. but i i think mr jarman's going to take a long look at the basketball program after this year because al skinner you know i know a lot of people didn't love his work but i'll tell you this he got him to the finals of the acc tournament yeah well i, I think we lost to duke by a basket okay Ooh. and so it's not, it's, it's not impossible to do, and I know they've had some good recruits, and I know Robinson turned out to be a wonderful player and a high draft choice and all that stuff, but we, we just can't continue to be a doormat in the ACC. It's just, it's, for, for a guy, for, you know, I grew up at a time, I, I was in New York by the time the Big East was taken off, so I remember what fun, you know, basketball was, and I... I can remember, you know, going to uh, uh, Kansas City. No, I think it was St. Louis. Uh, 
to watch us play the last for the last spot in the final four one year when John Bagley was our star. You know, I, I said we made the final five that year. And so we, we, there is a good tradition of basketball, but there, there's generations now of kids like you guys who can't remember any success at all in the basketball program. True, and not at all. It, 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 you know, I know why we're in the ACC. I, I, I endorsed that at the time. I think that Mr. DiFilippo understood where the you know the future of college football was going. So we, you know, God knows how much money being in the ACC has made us. Okay, True. but it, it's it's we, we got to get better in, in 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 basketball. I'm not saying that a coach York is going to come along and do for basketball what coach has done for hockey, but but, but we we just ought to be a lot better than we are. Definitely. And be, previously, you had brought up. Uh, being in New York during that time. So I know you covered the Knicks. I, I am a Knicks fan, sadly. Um, I would love your takes about this upcoming offseason and what you think is going to go down with Zion Williamson and then the free agents coming up. Well, I mean, everybody says that they have a 14% chance to get Williamson. Well, yeah, but that means they have an 86% chance not to get him. And if it's the Knicks, that's the way it'll happen. Um, but, you know... I just loved it after they, they made the trade and they traded away Porzingis. All of a sudden, there was this rush of stories. Oh, they're going to sign Durant. They're going to sign this guy. It's like it, immediately there was this notion that they were going to build such a super team that everybody else in the league was going to be afraid to come out of the locker room. Well, wait a minute. Why would anybody trust the people in charge to build a winning basketball team? I, if you follow the Knicks, you know that what I'm going to tell you is true. Mm-hmm. Since since they made the Eastern Conference Finals in the year 2000 and went six games with the Pacers, they have lost more games than any other team in the sport. It's not the T-Wolves or the Sacramento Kings. The New York Knicks have lost more games than anybody in the sport. They have won one playoff series, one, in the last 19 years. They are the laughing stock of the league. So the idea that, and, and I, I always laugh about this. I, I joke about this on Twitter all the time. <laughs> I see it all the time. But it's the mecca of basketball. The mecca of what? The mecca of what? It's, it's a notion out of the past. So maybe somebody's going to break this cycle. Because if you watched them your whole life, you tell me the last big free agent they signed. The last big free agent they signed was Amari Stoudemire. And why did they sign him? Because they offered him more years and more money, and they guaranteed a contract that nobody else in the sport was willing to guarantee because of his needs. Of course. And look what happened to him down the line. Yeah. (laughs) um, And I feel bad for Knicks fans. But I I love this idea that we're – New Yorkers are the most sophisticated people in the world. Well, wait a minute. They keep filling that place to watch. This is the worst team in the history of the Knicks. I, I, it is absolutely terrible, and I'm picking myself off the floor from crying after everything that you just said. But yeah, I know. I, mean, I, I don't mean to upset you. No, no. It's, it's all true. It's all everything that I know already, and Knicks fans tend to be a little, I don't know, fluffy when it comes to talking about the teams. Okay. Hopes and everything. You know, it's true. Anytime LeBron is a free agent, it's immediately Knicks fans are like, he's coming to New York. Well, you know what? Well, you know what my deal is, that eventually you're going to hear the same stories that they're clearing cap space for um, LeBron's kid. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, it's definitely going to happen. Oh, yeah. And, of course, we're not going to get him, but, you know, that's how it goes. I, I would love for a little Patrick Ewing incident to go down, though, with the uh, the draft. Maybe we can, you know. <laughs> Rig the lottery? Yeah, ruffle some saying? feathers. Wow. Yeah. You know what? Here's the thing about Patrick, and I have been closer to Patrick than anybody who ever um, uh, covered him. We, we, we were I, – I respected him. He trusted me at a time when he trusted – very few writers, and people did not appreciate what they had when Patrick was there, okay? And and the, in the 90s, the 90s were an unbelievably magical time at Madison Square Garden. As good as the Yankees were at the end of the 90s, there was there was always the feeling in New York that the, basket, the baseball season didn't start until the Knicks played their last game. And it was the toughest ticket in town. It was an unbelievable place. And even though they, they made the finals twice, they didn't win either time. But it was, it, you know, I always tell people, we did not know how good we had it. We did not know how good we had it. And and when Patrick left, it's like he took the whole franchise with him. I, I completely agree. And I, I want to see that come back for New York. I mean, both of us are Knicks fans. Or, Whoa, excuse me, wait a New second. York fans. Yeah, he's nuts. I'm Knicks, but then we both love the Yankees. Uh, came out today that the Yankees are the best odds to win the World Series, so we're both very excited for this upcoming season. We'll see. We'll, we're gonna have to see. But to close out here, I uh, just had a fun little question to ask you. On our show all the time, we do Mount Rushmores, where we take four people for a certain category. Um, okay. So the four greatest of all time for that given category. Okay. So we know that, and currently, you are talking a lot of politics. And we know you've covered sports, but politics is the hot-button issue right now. It's everywhere. Everyone is constantly up in arms. So I want to ask you, your Mount Rushmore of athletes as presidents. So who do you think would be your top four athletes that would be the greatest presidents? Interesting question. Okay, now, living or dead? It can be either. Okay. Okay, all right. Here's the person who I believe out of sports would have made the greatest president is Arthur Ashe. Arthur Ashe Ashe was was a friend of mine, and he died 25 years ago, 26 Mm -hmm. years ago, um, a couple weeks ago. He died in February of 1993. Never got to be 50. Um, and I, I was always saddened that he would um, um, hadn't lived long enough to see Obama become uh, president. Okay, so that's yeah. that's that's one for sure. Okay. Number two is his contemporary, and in the same sport, Billie Jean King uh-huh. is one of the great women this country has ever produced in yeah, anything. Agree. Okay, she she in in her way she was kind of like the Jackie Robinson. Of women's tennis, so that that would be number two. Um, number three, and I was—he actually ran for president. And I was sorry he didn't win. Bill Bradley would have, I thought, made a great wow. president. Okay, okay. Hmm. and he, he just—he wasn't a very good. Um, he just wasn't a very good candidate, unfortunately. <laughs> and, and number four, and number four, you go ahead and laugh at me, but I love his heart. I love his brain. I love his talent. I love what he's going to try to do with his life. And I'll, I'll pick LeBron James. As yeah, my okay. So mine real quick, I also had LeBron James. I also threw in Colin Kaepernick. It's a bit of a hot take, but I want Cap. Okay. No, I, I respect the hell out of him. Then I'm going to go Derek Jeter. 
little Yankees oh, bias there, yeah. probably. And then I'm going to go Let's Pey- see if he can run the Marlins. <laughs> <laughs> Good <laughs> point. Right. Final, final pick is Peyton Manning. I think we need a little Peyton love up in the White House. No, you know what? I, 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 I Listen, those guys who played quarterback for that long at that high level, they probably can run um, uh, anything. And no, I, that's, I like your list. And he's such a smart guy. He really was one of the smartest at, at the quarterback position. For sure. And he's already got his... his uh, his jingle that can be his slogan, you know. <laughs> the nationwide. What about so what? Wait, what about touchdown, Tommy? No. Oh. Um, what do you think? I'm I'm gonna go no on that one. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I could also see Archie Manning being a great president too. I like one I like the, the best whole people I've one of the best people I've ever met covering sports is Archie Manning. Yeah, I've watched his whole documentary before, and he's just such a great. Oh, story. he's the best. Let me tell you what. He's the best. I would love to meet him on day. <laughs> yeah, get, sure. get him on. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mike, we really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm w- sorry it took so long, guys. I no, wish no worries. As I told you, I wish you all the best. And, and as I said to multiple classes and in my speech when I was up there in, in November, I, I always hope everybody who, 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 who loves this world gets to, um, gets to chase their j- dreams to exactly as I got to chase mine. Thank you so much for that. Really hope yeah. for that, Mike. We we loved having you on, and we'd like to keep in touch. See you around sometime. But thank you again. Okay, guys. Be well. Yep. Thanks you so too. much. Have a good one. Bye bye. All right. Thank you guys for listening to that uh, exclusive interview with Mike Lupica, and check back in for our next episode coming this coming Tuesday. All right. See you later. Love you guys again. <laughs>